Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. You are now entering the Pseudo-Archaeology Podcast, a show that uncovers what's fact, what's fake, and what's fun in the crazy world of pseudo-archaeology. Hello and welcome to the Pseudo-Archaeology Podcast, episode 126. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Kinkella, and tonight we explore how I became head of my own media empire. So, we're talking about being a media mogul today. And why am I doing this, right? And it's actually because I get asked this question quite a bit in terms of how do you become a podcaster? How do you do a YouTube channel? How do you publish stuff? Basically, as an archaeologist in my case, although it's whatever you are in your case, you know, how do you use these different media outlets in order to get what you have to say out to the general public, right? So again, I want to talk about this because I keep seeing things in the news, how kids, like when they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? They say YouTube influencer, right? And so like, what is that? Why? It sounds kind of lame, right? It sounds empty, which in many ways it is, but Let's take the positive side to that. You know, how do you do this kind of stuff? I don't know, honorably with some sort of professionalism, you know? And so I thought I'd just take this time and break down my experiences and really specific stuff. Like people will ask things like, what kind of microphone do you use? How do I record myself? You know, how do I edit myself? Uh, That stuff is, there's a learning curve there, you know? And so... I thought I'd, I'd go through it, right? I'll, I'll sort of take apart. We'll do my YouTube channel first. Then we'll do the podcasting world. And then finally, I'll do written media, like publishing books and blog posts and that kind of stuff. Right before I start, I know that a lot of people are listening to this with hopes and dreams of doing their own. And I want to make sure you're taking it seriously. You know, that you have, for any of these things, a long game, okay, that you have thought logically and in a step-by-step manner about making content that can work for many, many episodes, not just two episodes of whatever it is you're making, you know, but for the foreseeable future. So... In terms of YouTube, right, how how do you do a YouTube channel? Like if you want to do a channel on pseudo-archaeology, right, how do you do that? Where do I, Kinkella, where do I start? How do I become the uh, media empire mogul that you are? 
Andrew Kinkella. So first, YouTube in some ways is easier. Um, you start by making a YouTube account, right? And right away, you have to be smart. And what I mean by that is you have to be smart with your titling. Now, for me, my title for my YouTube channel is Kinkella Teaches Archaeology. And it's okay. Titles are better if they are simple and searchable, right? Remember that. So Kinkella Teaches Archaeology is okay. It's unique, which is good. It's not just like archaeology show. But at the same time, if your title is archaeology show, that comes up more on Google search. So when you're making a title for whatever media you're doing, make sure you're not too smart for yourself. You know what I mean? Make sure make sure that it's straightforward enough. It's okay. You don't have to be like super creative at every turn. Think about that. I find that a lot of people make that mistake just because when you make a YouTube account, it's just like right there. What's the name of your thing? You know, so you already have to kind of think before you click because kind of once it's in, it's in. Now you have your account. Now you have to populate your account with, in this case, some videos. Yeah. And it's not just where you turn your camera on and do some wacky hijinks and then put it up online. You have to edit it. You have to think about your sound, your video, how, how uh, your background, the camera itself. So what I find for what works for me is what's funny is the camera is always the easy part. Meaning that cameras in almost anything are so good that quality is not a problem. When I first started my YouTube channel, I, again, now to in terms of numbers, I think I have 4.3 thousand subscribers and I have 106 videos, something like that. And I've been doing it for like five years. I think the earliest videos I have in there are from like 2018. So that's the channel we're, we're, we're talking about, right? That kind of size, which is smallish. <laughs> you know what I mean? In terms of the technology, though, the, the earliest ones, I think, God, I might have used an iPhone 4S. I always use my iPhone for the, for the video on my, on my YouTube channel. The very first handful of videos, I remember I used an Olympus camera that I had. And the reason why I used it was... It had a flip up screen where I could see myself for a long time on YouTube. I'd been using the main camera on my iPhone, so I couldn't see myself as I recorded myself. It is nice to be able to see yourself. Just recently, I've switched to the forward facing camera on my iPhone. Right now, I'm using an iPhone mini 12 and the forward facing camera is more than good enough. Now, in the in the olden days of 2018, Maybe the forward-facing camera might have not been quite good enough. Who knows? My point is, though, that the camera's not your problem. The camera quality will be good. Your problem is going to be the sound for your YouTube video. Now, again, I've found that modern iPhones are so good in terms of sound that I actually record my videos just with, with the camera itself. Like, no, no added sound. I'm just recording into iPhone sound. and. It works fine. Now, make sure to go into the settings of your actual phone before you record to make sure your levels are up kind of nice and high. My problem, as we'll see in so much of this, is that my voice is super loud. 
And I'm always having to fight against, I'm always turning my levels down, always down, 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 down. And a lot of times it's, it's never enough, but, but Hey, you, you always hear me. So your sound is going to be more, more of a problem. I went to a point for a while where I had a lavalier mic, which is one of those little clip on ones that runs straight into the iPhone. And I found that again, my voice was so loud that I was overpowering the lavalier mic, even though I would put the lavalier like way down and uh, I turned the levels down. It just, I thought it was going to be better and it wasn't. So if you're thinking of doing a YouTube channel for your nuts and bolts, remember before you start, you need a camera, your phone's probably fine. You need to test the audio and make sure it sounds okay. Oh, and for the camera itself, you need a tripod of some kind. I have that. I happen to have an old tripod. I bought a little addition you could screw on the top for a, a clamp for the iPhone itself. You absolutely have to have one. You have to think that what you're making, you want it to look professional. You know, how many YouTube videos have you seen where you're like, dude, it's not professional. Now, for me right now, I'm recording myself, but you may be only hearing the audio. My background right now isn't that great. It's because I'm I'm doing my podcasting stuff and I don't worry about the background so much. But if I was doing a YouTube video, I really worry about it. I tend to use my office. The background of my office is colorful. It's kind of dynamic and it looks good. Like it looks correct for a show called the Kinkella teaches archaeology because it's an archaeology professor in his real lab. It's authentic. You have to think about what you wear. I always think about what I wear for the YouTube channel shows, even though it doesn't look like it. Um, I, I make sure to wear dark clothing. This is where all the stuff that you learn if you've taken film school, which I have, all that stuff kind of comes in like dark clothing, no stripes, generally stuff that's a little bit more slimming. And that's not so you can look like svelte. It just it makes it easier to see you moving. It's a little more. It's just a little better than wearing something like, you know, horrendously baggy or something just kind of fitting dark, simple, and the lighting too. See, these are the things that get you. It's not the, it's not the camera lighting. I always do mine in front of a window that has great natural light. And I actually have two little fill lights that I do sometimes too. So I'm in my office, natural light streaming in two little fill lights that I just happened to own. They were, on, they were as part of some camera thing that I just found like a decade ago. I'm like, oh, set up these, these two little mini spotlight things. They're, they're, they were very inexpensive. I mean, the whole camera kit thing was probably 20 bucks. And then I have the lights on in my office. So I have a lot of light, more lights, better than less light. You also have to watch the shadows this is making. Is it making, is it making you look like you have like huge bags under your eyes, even though you don't have them that bad, you know, like th there's that kind of stuff. So your lighting and your sound is what you're going to have to really concentrate on in order to make your YouTube channel look professional, you know, then after you record yourself, you got to upload it and edit it. You can't just upload it raw. So I edit my stuff in iMovie. So I just use Apple products just because I have an iMovie comes free with the computer. So I edit it in iMovie, very basic editing. I usually only do one take straight across of what I'm going to say. It's very off the cuff. It has that kind of energy. Sometimes I do two takes, but it's almost always that the first one's the better one anyway. And that's what you do, right? There you go. Just there. And my YouTube channel is very basic. Again, if you want to do this thing, think of the name of your show. And we haven't even talked about what's your show about. 
you have to have something you can talk to at depth. Pseudo archaeology podcast. It's great. I could talk about a thousand things, right? I'm not starved for material like ever, you know? So think about that. And can you really do 40 shows? You know, everyone has a great idea for one show or four shows. But what about 10 shows? What about 15? What are you what are you doing on your 31st show? Those are the serious discussions you have to have with yourself in order to make a YouTube channel successful, right? Or any of this kind of stuff successful. And then, <laughs> of course, people are curious about pay in the YouTube world, right? Because all, you're like, dude, I, I to be a, a YouTube influencer, man. Th- th- I mean, children saying that's what they want to do with their lives. I hope their parents are telling them that is not a viable career opportunity in any way, shape or form, because it's not. It is a very fun side hustle, you know, and for me in terms. So in the YouTube world, getting to a thousand subscribers is a big deal. It kind of opens you up to be able to do things. And um, but you only get advertising once you have at least a thousand subscribers. And then I think you have to have at least four thousand hours watched per year. I think something like that. And that was always my problem. The four thousand hours, because all my videos are short, like five minutes long. And I think I talked about in previous areas that the thing that pushed me over the top was my video about my joking video about how Graham Hancock was right. And, you know, ancient aliens are, are, are here or the Atlanteans. I had evidence of the Atlanteans in my office. <laughs> so that so all the all the angry pseudo archaeology people pushed me over the top on my YouTube channel. But what is over the top as of about a year ago, I was able to start getting revenue. And that's after Four years of having a show, again, at this point, 106 videos, making nothing. Okay, nothing. And some of my videos in terms of watches, something like 20,000 watches for me would be very high. Many of my videos have like 250 watches. Just depends. 250 views, right? I was only able to quote unquote get paid, although YouTube would run ads over my videos without paying me that's what happens after a while they start running ads and they don't you're like and you want to be like dude you're not even paying me don't run ads through my stuff they do it anyway so once you get over that hump though then you can get paid so after a year of all my stuff running and all my old videos are still being watched you know this kind of stuff i made 113 dollars in total so that's what i made you know, uh, uh, after about a year of people rewatching all my old stuff. And I would say at this point in the YouTube world, just to give you guys a feeling, I will get a big check from YouTube for about $100, maybe at this point, every five months or six months, something like that. That's that world. So think of how much work I've done on my YouTube channel. <laughs> 106 videos over five years. And by the end of this year, 2023, I might sneak in a second check and I've made like 200 bucks in total. So that's that world. There's a little variety, of course, but I want you guys to know it's not about the pay. It's about outreach to the general public. Right. And in terms of that, I've loved my YouTube channel, but I got content. Right. Kinkella teaches archaeology. I can talk about anything. I have 100 videos worth of stuff. 
for yourself. Think seriously about how much content you have. You know, what's how long are your videos going to be? Mine are short, five minutes or whatever. You know, are they long? What's your format? These are all serious questions because even though I joke, you really are starting a media empire. When we come back, more on my media empire and how you can do it too. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, and welcome back to the Pseudo-Archaeology Podcast, episode 126. And I've been talking about how the, really how the hamburger is made behind the scenes in terms of YouTube videos, in terms of podcasting, in terms of publishing, and because I've gotten this question kind of a lot from various places. My students are curious, and they're not just curious like, oh, wow, what's your favorite video on your YouTube channel? It's like they're curious about the nuts and bolts, you know, of how you do this, the actual product. So previously, we had just talked in terms of YouTube, how I record stuff on my iPhone. A modern iPhone is fine for both audio and video, but you have to have a tripod and have a way to edit it and upload it, right? Moving on, so the podcast world. What do I use to bring this very show to you guys? So I'm lucky because whereas in YouTube world, I'm totally my own producer. Like I do it all, I edit it all, right? I do everything. Here... Thank God, Archaeological Podcast Network with Chris Webster and Rachel Roden. Those guys edit all my shenanigans. So I am just, quote unquote, the talent, right? So I don't have to deal with the same sort of things here that I have to deal with in YouTube world. Like Chris deals with the commercials. He deals with the editing, right? I'm part of this umbrella group. So this world's easy for me. So if you want to start your own podcast... You will have it more difficult than me unless you join a group that's already making stuff, which I highly recommend unless you totally are like, I want to make all the revenue for myself, all my millions. Notice how much I said I made in the previous segment. That's what you're looking at if you're getting into this world, right? Sort of 
tenths of pennies in terms of the amount of time you put in. But in terms of the so how is this podcast made? We we make it on a platform called Zencaster. There are different platforms in order to make these. And I go into the Zencaster program and I I sort of turn it on and I have choices whether to just record audio only or to record video as well. In terms of the video, it's just straight off my Mac. And my Mac is like eight years old, nine years old at this point. So this is an older computer. Still looks great. It looks fine for these needs. The camera's fine. It works very straightforward. The audio, though, is, of course, what matters for a podcast. Now, for me, the microphone that I use is the Shure MV5. And what's funny, which you guys may have heard right before I talked about this, or it might have been smooth. I actually had a technical difficulty while recording this. I moved my mic and it unplugged itself for like a nanosecond, which stopped the recording and I had to backtrack a little. So in the podcasting world, technical difficulties like that will happen. And in terms of my audio, it's my mic is not that great. I've been looking for a better one. I even have like sort of a the little spit cover, like the fly cover on it too, but it doesn't seem to help. I find... When I listen to myself, a lot of times I'll have this like, like I'll hear my peas or or like little clicks in my like, like those. And I try and control those. And that's something if you're getting into the podcast world that you really want to listen for to try and clean up your speech as much as possible. And, and sometimes my those those are the hard things that are for me to not do. You'll hear it. Sometimes I think I probably did that. If you listen back, it, it, it just it's one of those things. I think I need to mess with my levels, uh, mess with my mic because uh, I can hear it if I if I listen with a really critical ear. And that's what you guys have to start doing, too, is listening to these things with uh, critical. You're watching things with a critical eye, critical mindset, you know. So I do have a separate mic that goes into my computer. Again, it all goes through the Zencaster program. And then I have separate earphones, too. These are Sennheiser DT770 Pros. I think they're about 120 bucks or something like that. I definitely recommend a set of earphones like this in that range. I've been really happy with them. So my earphones, I'm really happy with my mic. I should probably get something else in time. I'll try out some some other things. So in terms of this world, barring the, the technical parts that I just talked about, right? Of course, you need a mic. Of course, you need earphones. Like before, like with the YouTube channel, you need an idea of what to say. How long is your show going to be? How many breaks? On this show, we have three breaks, right? And I try and go for mm, about 12 minutes a piece. Definitely call it by 15. And I find that's okay. And I find if anything, I try and have maybe like 35 minute show in total you know, sections, some will be longer, some will be shorter, as you guys have experienced, right? Even now, if you're into this world, this podcast world, you can go back and listen to a handful of some of my old shows to see, and you can listen with that critical eye. Oh, hey, the, his third segment was only seven minutes long. Oh, his middle part, though, man, that was 15 minutes long. Did that work? Did you like it? Did you not? Listen with that critical eye for yourself, right? If you want to show... Think about its construction. This is what so many people don't do. They just think, I have a great idea. I'm going to do a show about gardening. But how? What's the setup? What's your angle? Why should I listen to you? 
You know, who are you? Right. It's okay if you're no one, but you're really on it. You're really serious. You really work. How many people have we seen start to do this stuff and then just drop away? Right. It does get to be work. You do have to work on it. And those technical aspects, dude, are what you really want to think about. Length of show. What's it about? Could I do 30 shows about this? Who's my audience? I haven't even talked about that. Who's your audience? Who are you talking to? Who do you hope listens to you? You know, I always try and go as broad as possible. Any of us are going to say that. But also with an angle of like in terms of archaeology, professionalism, or I try and push it to be as technical as I can be, but still be inclusive of everybody. You know, I'm not going to start to start to use jargon or something, but I try and talk about fairly high ideals because those are fun. That's what people care about. So think about that. Who's your audience? Who are you talking to? Uh, that's that's super important in, in any of these worlds. So podcasting, there you go. That's that's my experience. And then and then how often how often are you putting these things out? I do a show every other week, right? My YouTube channel, I'm really much more happy go lucky slash lackadaisical. And sometimes when I have ideas, I do more. Sometimes I do less. I wish I could put up a YouTube show every other week. I tend to not to. I tend to have so much to do. But if it's been a month, I start to freak out. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to put some content up. So that's my experience with podcasting. Yours may differ. (laughs) Finally, publishing. So you want to write for the world. You want the world to listen to your finely scripted tones. We did a show on the CRM podcast about publishing, which I'll link to down below. And that that's a more in-depth discussion of the different types of publishing. But I'll say this. The same ideas apply. Now, what are you going to write your book about or your blog post or your article? One thing you could do if you're trying to get out to the world and you're like, but I'll never get an agent. Like, I, I don't really have a literary agent, you know, even at this point, I don't. But, you know, how do you get out to the world? Start a blog. If you're serious about a blog, you want to buy your domain name. If what I've just said, you're like, what is that? It's basically buying the rights to something like andrewkinkella.com, you know, which I've already done a few of those. And how do you do it? You do it through places like GoDaddy. There's a bunch of named sort of domain handlers. And I honestly forget which one I go through. I think it's GoDaddy, but I may be mistaken. When you go online, you can also there's these little online programs where you they'll tell you what the site's domain is, which is cool. So look up a couple that you like that influenced you and and put them. All you do is type in the address and then it'll be like this site is registered under GoDaddy or whatever it may be. So see what else is out there. Know that you're small potatoes, but you're serious small potatoes. Okay. You could be a really enjoyable small potatoes and, and take it, take it seriously. So you're not looking for the same domain handlers or the same agent as like a bunch of famous. Oh, I just need Brad Pitt's agent. And then I'm good. No, it's not for you. Right. And you, you build over time. So just write and then, and then you just start a blog. I have one, which I've kind of relabeled and stuff. And I, I haven't written on it in years because this other stuff has taken 
my sort of free time, you know, of uh, doing this kind of stuff, which is fine. I, I'm not against doing other blogs. And I have a couple blogs that I wrote up that have been really useful for my students. Like I wrote a blog post on um, what to put in your backpack if you're going on an archaeological project, specifically to Belize, but the ideas are good for anywhere. Kinkella's backpack checklist is, I think, what it was called. And that really works for people. And I'm really happy about that. Right. So I I recommend having a blog somewhere out there, you know, that you can add on as needed. But if anything, in my media empire, my blog was a failure, right? Because I, I haven't spent the time upkeeping it. I rarely put stuff on there. So it's really on the back burner. And that's okay, right? I don't go to sleep going like, I'm such a loser. Should have done more of my blog post, you know? No, it's just, just how it is. Again, you will try stuff and then certain stuff won't work out. It's okay. Try some of those other things too. In terms of the pay, I've gotten no pay for the blog ever, you know, it's just way too small. And then in terms of writing a book, that's very varied and there's a lot there, but I will say the short answer is never pay to have your book published. Never do that. If you work through some sort of any reputable publisher, you should get a 10% cut. That's how classic book publishing pretty much works. You can also self-publish through Amazon or this kind of thing. I haven't done it, but I've had friends who, who have. It can be good too. It depends ultimately on thinking about things like your audience, what will really work for you, being realistic. Oh, my audience is the world. Yeah, but nobody's going to read your gardening tips from my backyard. You know, like, got to be honest. You got to think about that. What's your market? Be, have a business mindset. But go for it. And in the publishing world, the key to writing is writing. Right, right, right. You have a computer. You're going to need a computer if you don't have one, yo. Write. Write it down. Write more. Write the worst crap you ever wrote. Who cares? Write, write, write. Right. And then the more you do it, you might see certain things where you're like, ooh, I could really expand this into a book or an article for someplace. And other areas you're like, this didn't really go too far, but I could just make it a blog post and move on. It's about, remember, I always say this, content is king. Just make content and keep going. When we return, my final thoughts on building your own media empire. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Okay, hello and welcome back to the Pseudo-Archaeology Podcast, episode 126. I'm your host, Andrew Kinkella, and we have just been talking about how to build your own media empire. <laughs> no big deal. Just building your own media empire. Uh, with this final segment, I just thought I'd talk about some basic tips and tricks that help everything. You know, wherever you're trying to make your mark in the public domain. I mean, of course... The better you are at tying all this stuff to social media outlets to be your own self-promoter, that's great. I'm classically pretty terrible at that because things like Facebook and Instagram just bring me no joy. So I just don't like doing it where I like making YouTube videos. I like making podcasts, you know. Once you start working on stuff, realize that like nothing will happen for a while. And those, I always say this, it'll, you'll feel like you're just in a cave and you have no idea if it's good or bad or whatever, you keep going. Content, content, content is king, right? Tweak your show or written thing as you go, as other people read it, as other people watch it, as you make other episodes. Watch your own stuff with a critical eye. I always joke that the most narcissistic thing I do is listen to my own podcast <laughs> or, or watch my own YouTube video. But I'm not doing it to hear my joyous, too loud voice. I'm watching it with a critical eye to see if everything's worked. Or I'll listen to my own voice and be like, oh, I can hear too much clicking. Or, oh, it's too quiet. Or, oh, I went away from the mic. It didn't sound right. Or, oh, I'm standing not right. Or, or my camera on my YouTube video. Oh, it's too high. I need to angle it down. Oh, it's too dark. You know, I look like I got like really bad bags under my eyes or you know, whatever it is. Ooh, that shirt, that's a terrible shirt. Remember, don't wear that in the future. So you got to be able to be self-critical like that. It's just massive. People who are can't be self-critical will be terrible at this. You have to constantly. It's not about being sad or down on yourself. It's about just taking it in and going, OK, OK, that that worked. And you also talk about the highs like ooh that what made that show good okay it was energetic you know i really spoke off the cuff that was really energetic and it had an upswing energy to it like that's good what made that show bad eh, i was kind of i sound a little tired eh, i wasn't sure what i was saying i didn't have i didn't have security in myself you know so watch your own stuff with that editor's eye start looking critically too at not necessarily YouTube or podcast sensations. Look critically at shows that are just ahead of you. They're like YouTube channels that I watch fairly regularly, and they have nothing to do with archaeology. But they're, they're often about like electric guitars or other hobbies I have. And they, I started watching them. There's two in particular. There's one called Steve from Boston, who he does a lot of like 1980s, like shredder guitars. And there's another guy called Marty 5150. A lot of the same stuff. These guys are both old, like guys of my generation, give or take. And they're just sort of churning out YouTube videos every God. They're doing them like every week, every two weeks. And I look at them with a critical eye because 
I remember I watched them when they had under 10,000 subscribers. One of them now has like, I think Steve has like 50,000 or 80,000, something like he's got a, he's a lot, right? And Marty's up to 20,000 or something like that. And, and again, there are other ones too. I'll watch other archaeology ones or whatever, just to check in. When you watch those, especially in the early days, you're like, oh, I could do that. Like those are key. You'll see them with their own screw ups on audio or editing or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. Watch how long are their videos? What are their videos about? Stuff you'd like to watch anyway, right? What how often are they putting them out? What is their overall like their YouTube page? What does it look like? What does their channel look like? The tile for the podcast itself is really important. You want something that looks good. You don't want something that looks like boring. You know, I like the tile for the pseudo-archaeology podcast. I think it's great. My brother did that. It's bright, it's funny. My theme music, right? I didn't even talk about that. My brother did it. I think it's fantastic. Have a brother who knows a lot about audio. <laughs> you need one of those. So all that stuff to make your media outlet, whatever it may be, to look more professional, a little more specific to you, you know, of your style. My style is always kind of lighthearted, you know. So I'm really happy with those, with that kind of stuff for me. Even watch... Because we all have either podcasts we listen to or YouTube shows we watch that have like millions of viewers or listeners. Watch those with a critical eye too. How long are they? How many commercial breaks are there? When are they the commercial breaks? Are the commercial breaks annoying? Are they or are they just kind of par for the course? You know, as you move on in this, start to network as best you can in any of it. You know, if it's in publishing, listen, talk to other authors. Um, God, talk to agents or editors if you can you know go to if you're in any kind of um professional meetings and whatever you do ask other people what they do other people in your world you know cr critically honestly openly learn that stuff it's fascinating as you move forward to a trick you can do is interview a guest who they have a podcast too and you enter, you know, you go back and forth. And so you kind of help each other's podcast by talking together. You're on a YouTube video, you, they, you can do that too in the YouTube world, right? And you just let, let the ball keep rolling. Listen to your audience, you know, see what you can do. You want to keep your standards or keep the essence of your show. But notice when things don't work. Notice what on YouTube when you get like no views versus what gets a ton of views. Notice I'm same thing on podcasts. You know, what do people like? What do people constantly ask you? Have your radar out. You can do this. You know, it is a job. It's a little you have to think of it as like a side hustle that you go in to do on a regular basis. That And some days you might not have much. Some days you might be a little low. Those are the days where you got to you got to man up and do it. You know, and it's worth it. It's always, and once you're in it too, especially when you, you know, you enjoy it. Once you're in it, you're like, oh yeah, I remember this. This is great. Think about all those, all those things as, as you go through. Do not think of it as this is what I'm doing for money. If the money comes, it's a little icing on the cake, right? Definitely have a day job. And with that, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Pseudo Archaeology Podcast. Please like and subscribe wherever you like and subscribe. 
And if you have questions for me, Dr. Andrew Kinkella, feel free to reach out using the links below or go to my YouTube channel, Kinkella Teaches Archaeology. See you guys next time. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, DigTech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.